Good morning, everyone. Okay, so the scripture today is 1 Peter 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and verses 12 through 19. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you, but they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and of the sinners? So then, those who are suffered according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Thank you, Itzy, for reading that for us today. Uh, good morning, Faith family, all of you in person and online. Uh, today is uh, Pentecost Sunday, so it's not quite, you know, like Easter or Christmas, that well known, but, but Pentecost is an important day in, in our church year. Pentecost is the day we read about in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit is poured out on Jesus' people. And it says that, that first the Spirit filled the house where they were all gathered and then came to rest on each one and they were all filled with the Spirit's presence. And so today uh, uh, we ask that the Holy, for the Holy Spirit again to, to fill this room and this building and to come to rest on each of us. And, of course, we think that's, we want that to be true all the time, but today is another, especially a good time to, to invite that and remember that. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the wind and cleanse. Come as the light and reveal. Show us our sin. Turn us around. Set us apart until we are wholly yours. Amen. Let me tell you a story about Alexander. Alexander was a 22-year-old living in the city of Antioch uh, in the Roman province of Galatia. He was uh, apprenticing in the tent-making trade with his father, and uh, then he lived with his, his mom and dad and his younger sister. And whenever any of them entered the house or left the house, they always bowed 
before this little statue of the goddess Soteria so that she would protect them. Because if you didn't do that, it would invite bad luck. And every morning, Alexander watches his mother prepare a small loaf of bread that she would take to the temple of the mother goddess, Hera. At the same time, his father made a trip to the statue of Caesar in town just to, uh, you know, pay homage and make sure that everybody saw him there and nobody would think he was, um, you know, a traitor to the empire. And uh, to ensure the family's prosperity, Alexander would go and leave three copper coins to the god Plutus, the god of riches. Well, and of course, all during the year, different times of the year, there were festivals and big processions, kind of like parades, and, and they were all to honor the gods and the goddesses. And you know, Alexander was just like everybody else. He wouldn't miss it. I mean, this is what it means to, be along, to belong to the community, everybody doing their part to make sure that the, the deities are happy so they'll bring good fortune. Alexander also looked forward to all of these festivals because this is when everybody brought out their best food and their best wine. And, you know, you've been working hard the last couple of months, and, and now it's time to kick back and eat way too much and drink even more and party long into the night, and, which included a trip with his buddies to the temple brothel of the beautiful goddess Aphrodite. And on the way home, like they did every night when the moon was up, they, they left a gift to the shrine of the goddess Artemis. And they asked for her favor for their hunting the next day. It was a lot of work, keeping up with all those gods and goddesses, but everybody did it. And it was, like, it was like an insurance policy, you know? Uh, you honor the gods, and they watch out for you. If you don't, they're liable to get angry and cause all kinds of bad things to happen, not just for you, but for the whole community. Now, one time, Alexander forgot to bring his three coins to Plutus, and when the news got around to people in the town, everybody was scolding him, shaking a finger. How dare you invite disaster and poverty upon all of us? Go right now to that shroud and pay your due. And he did. I mean, that's how it worked. Everyone had to do their part. Everybody had to follow the rules, except for the Jews. The Jews, Alexander thought. What strange people. He, he had done business with several of them at the market, but he didn't really know any of them that well. Uh, they, they tended to keep to themselves. One thing Alexander knew was that uh, they didn't worship the gods. Alexander wasn't sure why, but the Romans didn't force them the Jews to worship uh, the emperor or the gods. For some reason, they got a free pass on that as long as they prayed to their god for the emperor. Still, nobody liked them. Pretty much everybody despised them. But now there's a new group that's hated even more than the Jews. Used to be just a handful of them in town, but lately it's been catching on, and now there have got to be more than a hundred of them, including a couple of Alexander's friends. Of course, now he calls them his former friends. How can they turn their back on their community like this? I mean, why won't they come to the festivals and pay homage to the gods? I mean, why won't they come to Aphrodite's brothel like they used to? 
I mean, people have been doing this for generations. Bible scholar and historian N.T. Wright says that the, the worship of the gods and goddesses was as prevalent then as credit cards and cell phones are today, maybe more so. Today is the seventh Sunday in our series, You Are Made for This, and today's message is Suffering Over Sinning. And we're walking, in this series, we're walking through the first letter of Peter. It was written just a few decades after Jesus' death and resurrection. And I, I came up with this story about Alexander to give us a sense of the world in which this letter was written and read. Grab a Bible, would you? Either the one you brought or the one in front of you. And let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 1. Jesus' disciple and now apostle Peter writes to the sisters and brothers in these five Roman provinces, which in what is now the country of Turkey, and they're facing all kinds of, of blame and harassment from people because they're, they're assumed that they're offending the gods and goddesses. And my guess is that these people, these Christian, these Jesus people, are wondering, why are we facing all this trouble? I mean, I thought God was supposed to be with us, right? Why are, we, why are we, all these bad things happening to us? So Peter encourages them in his letter, and he reminds them that, that Jesus suffered, and we have to be prepared for the same. When I rather suffer than sin, I will rejoice. It's a sign that God is changing my life. And that is the heart of today's message. Uh, and I think it's good news. I mean, not that suffering is good, but when you, we are willing to accept suffering and make the sacrifices that come with staying faithful to Jesus, that, that is a good thing. Will you say it with me? When I'd rather suffer than sin, I will rejoice. It's a sign that God is changing my life. So you got your Bible open. Let's start with verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body... Arm yourselves also with the same attitude. As you go into life's spiritual battles, be prepared. You've got to adopt this Jesus way of thinking. It's like mental armor for your brain, okay? And as we saw last week, it means to learn to not retaliate against people. Remember we learned that uh, repay evil with blessing? And then Peter tells them here the benefits of suffering for the name of Jesus. And one of those benefits is that it helps us in our battle with temptation. Suffering in the name of Jesus, suffering for the name of Jesus makes us stronger. It's like lifting weights. You could, you could say that weightlifting is a kind of suffering, right? It hurts. And actually it's, it's, it's tearing these little muscle fibers. And, but when they repair, they grow back stronger. That's why it works. And when we suffer for the Lord, we grow stronger. The rest of verse 1 says, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. And you know, that phrase really struck me, done with sin. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that you're incapable of ever sinning again. It means that you are now receiving God's strength 
to turn your back on sin because you want to please the Lord in everything you do. And verse 2 says a little bit more about what this means. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. That, my friends, is the transformed life. We live for what God wants. But sometimes that will cost you. I am so old. And your, your reply is, how old are you? Let's try it. I am so old. I am so old, I can remember cigarette commercials on TV. I was 13 when they were banned. I remember one. Of course, this is telling you that TV commercials and marketing work. I still remember some of them. Uh, one showed a, a series of people with a black eye. Actually, it was a swish of black makeup under one eye telling how loyal they were to their cigarette brand. And each person, one after another, said, I'd rather fight than switch. And Peter wants the people reading this letter say, I'd rather suffer than sin. I've wasted enough of my life following my sinful desires. I, I want to live the rest of my life for God now. And a lot of these believers used to be like Alexander. And Peter tells them in verse 3, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. And now, some of their friends want nothing to do with them. Verse 4, they are surprised that you don't, do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. When, when I was 22... I, uh, I, I saw my cousin at a family Christmas gathering, and we decided the next morning we were going to take off for a few days and go to Colorado to go skiing. And uh, he had some friends we could stay with for free. That sounded good. We took my car, which turned out to be a bad choice because 30 minutes into the trip, the thermostat went out, and we froze the whole way. My cousin had recently had this spiritual experience with Jesus. And I was eager to learn more about it and try to encourage him. Uh, what I didn't know, though, was that the, the group of guys that we were going to be staying with were his pot-smoking buddies from, from high school. You know, now, I'd, I'd been through college. You're, you're kind of around it a little bit, but I'd never been around quite this much weed before. It, it was offered to me, as you can expect, but I declined. And it wasn't really that hard for me because I was at a point in my life where I thought, you know, Staying sober is just part of being faithful to Jesus. And, uh, but I was there. I was in the room when they were lighting up, and sometimes I was in the car when they were getting high. That was a little scary. But for my cousin, the pressure was too much. And these were his friends, and he joined in, even though he didn't really feel good about it. Our last night there, though, he got really sick. And he told me on the drive home, he said, well, I was there with my head hanging over the toilet last night. It's like God was saying to me, what is this stuff doing in your body? Well, that night turned out to be a turning point for him. And he decided that he had spent enough of his life doing the kind of stuff he used to do with his friends in high school. 
And from then on, if, if it ever came up again, he would be willing to surprise them and shock them and be excluded by them and be ridiculed by them if it was going to happen. He was going to live for Jesus. Now, my cousin gave me permission to share this story. And he also mentioned to me in his reply that several of those pot-smoking buddies are now believers. Praise God. When I'd rather suffer than sin, I will rejoice. It's a sign that God is changing my life. And if our friends heap abuse on us, what do we do? As we learned a few weeks ago, we leave our case in God's hands. That's what it's, verse 5 says, something similar. But they, that is the people who heap abuse on you, will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. You know, when you have suffered for something, when you have made great sacrifices for something, it really means a lot to you, right? I mean, some of you, are, I, I know, are parents, and you have suffered and sacrificed so much for those kids. And it just, the, the place that they have in your heart is huge. And, and those of you who served in the military, and, and you, you endured some hardships, made great sacrifices, and it really means a lot to you. And if you've given your blood, sweat, and tears as a missionary in another country, part of your heart remains there forever. And it's the same with the sufferings that you endure and the sacrifices that you make for the Lord. Years ago, in a previous church that I was serving, uh, we were singing a, a, a song in worship. It was one that we had sung a lot. We sung it here actually maybe a month ago or so. Uh, it's uh, the song, uh, Every Day. Every day it's you I live for. Every day I'll follow after you. Every day I'll walk with you, my Lord. Anyway, this day years ago, uh, we were singing that song just like usual. Didn't expect anything to happen out of the ordinary. But suddenly, this thought just hit me. It's true. It's true. I, I, every day, I'm living for him. And I'm following him and walking with him. And the emotion, that, that moment just kind of rose up in my throat and my eyes became heavy with tears and a few of them slid down my cheek. Now, was I living for Jesus perfectly? No. I was still struggling, like we all do. I, and I was struggling with fear and anxiety and, and indecision. But I was living for him. This morning, in our scripture, we're going to skip now from uh, where we were down to verse 12. Will you follow with me there? Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. You know, sometimes I think we believe that we've got, we, we have this contract with the Almighty. Okay, God, uh, we go to church, bring our kids to Sunday school, and we're going to give and serve and try to treat people well. Uh, so we fulfilled our part of the bargain. 
and now you've got to do your part and keep us all safe and healthy and happy. Right, God? You know, that's a lot more like what Alexander believes about the gods and goddesses. You know, it's like we're trying to, to buy insurance from God uh, so that bad things won't happen. But, you know, following Jesus is not like that. Jesus says, as a matter of fact, we don't, even, don't be surprised if you are insulted, persecuted, and falsely accused because you belong to him. Because he says, when that happens, folks, you are blessed. So rejoice, be glad, have a party. Sounds, sounds crazy, doesn't it? But this is a lesson that Peter had learned. He had been arrested, jailed, threatened, beaten, whipped for belonging to Jesus. And he rejoiced that he could be faithful. Faithful enough that they recognized who he belonged to. So he tells the sisters and brothers in verse 13, verse 13, but rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. You know, I think that points us back to the heart of the message, doesn't it? When I'd rather suffer than sin, I will rejoice. It's a sign that God is changing my life. Someday Jesus is going to return and he's going to be revealed as this world's rightful ruler and you are going to be so happy that you were faithful. You're going to be overjoyed. Jesus is going to say, hey, remember that time when you faced all that pressure and, and that, that time that you withstood the, the ridicule and it cost you dearly? Remember that time you stayed true? Well done. Well done. You're a good and faithful servant. Now, be times like Peter where you blew it too. And those are forgiven. But the times when you said, hey, you stood toe-to-toe. You kept your ground. You stayed with me. Well done. And you are going to be overjoyed. And then Peter uh, points how important it is that when we suffer, it's not for doing bad stuff, right? Just want to clarify, because maybe some of them are getting in trouble because they've been trying to get revenge. Verse 16 has this. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. The word Christian is used only three times in the Bible. Did you know that? This time here in 1 Peter and then twice in the book of Acts. And all three times it it appears to refer to what others call you. You're a Christian, Christian, a Christ person. You're a Jesus, one of the Jesus people. So Christian wasn't necessarily a compliment. Uh, it, was, it was more like a put down, although the, the people who believed in Jesus accepted the label, said, okay, whatever. They were not ashamed to bear the name. And just like in the Bible, I've gotten so that I don't use the word Christian very much. It seems to not always mean much. 
For, for a lot of people, it seems to mean like, well, that means you celebrate Christmas instead of Hanukkah or Ramadan. I, I prefer to talk about people who belong to Jesus and believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. However we say it, we bear the name, don't we? We bear his name and we rejoice. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, there have been times when we have failed to live up to your name just as Peter denied you three times in one night. Forgive us, Lord. And now we're counting on you to help us, strengthen us, so that today we're going to be different. With your help, we're going to uh, do what it takes to be faithful to you, even when it costs us. Lord, we want to be ready to pay the price. We want to be willing to suffer the consequences. Lord, we just want to be faithful to you. And we rejoice that even that desire is a sign that you are changing our lives. And all God's people said, amen.